This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So we're continuing um, with a series called Spirit Wars. Uh, it's, it's better than Star Wars. In Jesus' name, the Word of God is more exciting. Amen. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let me just pray for us and then I'm going to share. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, that your word is alive and powerful. And Lord, we ask that you would minister to our hearts this morning, Lord. We're expecting to receive life from above, from Jesus, from the living word of God. So God, we thank you that your Holy Spirit would minister to, to us, God. Help us to see Lead us into your truth, and God, let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so anyway, so this uh, series has been an interesting journey for me. I didn't, I didn't really go so f- at the stage where I thought I was going to go, um, but it's been so, so illuminating just for myself, just to, I've, I've been learning so much, reading, studying, it's just been awesome. So uh, imagine this for a moment. You are sick, hectic pain in your body, and you don't know, you know, you've tried everything, you're not finding the cure to sort out the, 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 the pain in your body. And uh, so it's, let's say it's been years, years of debilitating pain in your body, you're suffering, you're going through stuff, and you, you're looking for that solution, the answer, so that you can find you know, relievement from this pain. And so at some point you meet this doctor and the doctor says to you, I have the cure. I have great news. I have the cure. And you say, yes, thank you, Jesus. This is wonderful. And so he gives you this, uh, the pills and the little bottle thingy. And you grab it and you like, yes, this is the answer. And so every day... You take these pills faithfully because this is the cure. This is the solution. This is the answer to, to all of my prayers in a sense. This is going to help me. And so every day you take your pills, faithfully taking your pills, not knowing that it's actually poison. So every day you're looking at your pills and you're thinking, this is the cure. This is the solution. This is the answer. But you didn't know that it is actually poison. And the doctor purposefully gave it to you to kill you. Yeah, sounds like a horror movie, doesn't it? A bad horror movie. And so every day, so you, you're just getting worse and worse and worse. But you have your cure, you have your pills, you're faithfully taking them every day. And you just, it's, just, it's just going down. In the end, you find yourself in a hospital, still clutching your few pills, popping that last one, and then, eh, <laughs> game over. And out of the horror movie, the doctor stands next to the bed, laughing. <laughs> Horrible movie, eh? But for me, that is, that is a picture of how evil operates and specifically how deception works. 
You believe it's the truth, but it's actually the lie. You believe it's the cure, but it's actually poison. You believe it's the answer to all your hopes and dreams, but it actually leads you to death and destruction. That's deception. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. And it says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Okay, so I want to expose how the enemy works. And in the series, I'm also trying to sort of prove to you that there's real evil in the world. So I've been sharing some horrible stories, you know, about bad stuff happening in the world. But just to show you that there's real evil and, uh, and how the devil operates is he, he uh, transforms himself into an angel of light. So that's what evil does. You know, like a doctor. The doctor's supposed to help you heal, isn't it? So you're expecting it's a doctor. Hey, he's got the stethoscope around the neck and everything. He must be the real deal. You know, and actually not a real doctor and he has another plan, you know. And I believe that currently we have in our world, we have ideas, we have philosophies, we, we have gospels, you know, pills, gospels being, being distributed. The real gospel is Jesus Christ and, and, and it comes from the Bible. But there are many other gospels being um, proclaimed as the answer. Our world is suffering. There are a lot of issues. A lot of issues in our country, as Nicole shared. There are a lot of issues all across the world. And people are, 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 are the, they're battling with it. They, they don't know how to, how are we going to solve this? How are we going to solve poverty? How are we going to solve economic problems, poverty, how are we going to solve all these things? And then there are men and women who raise, uh, rise up and say, I have the answer, ideologies, truths. Guys, this is the answer. This will cause our world to become wonderful. Vote EFF. We're going to take over property and make everybody rich. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I want to I look at some ideologies, but these, these gospels being proclaimed as the solution and the masses, the millions, especially the poor, the, the suffering, the battling, they are looking for the next savior. And it's always connected to an ideology and millions of people are running with those things and they're not even aware that it's being proclaimed as the truth, but it could very possibly be poison. So I want to bring us back to the Word of God today and uh, highlight a few things to us. You see, evil masquerades as good, darkness seems to be light, and ultimately destructive ideas look like wisdom at first glance. So you, you're thinking, yeah, that's, that, that sounds like a good idea, but if you play it out, it could very well be destructive. How do you know what is truth? How do you know who's right? And the answer is simple. It's the Word of God. Okay, so look at this, Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, by your words, I can see where I am going. So if you don't have the Word of God, you don't actually know where you are going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. The Word of God. There's this uh, prophecy by Smith Wigglesworth from the 1940s. He said, the big 
end time move of God will be when the church is a church of the word of God and of the spirit of God. Word and spirit. Come on, let's say it. Word and spirit. Most churches either go spirit or they go word. Few do both. Now you've heard the saying, you know, if you only have the word of God, you will dry up. A lot of churches are dry out there. And if you only have the Spirit of God, you're going to blow up. But if you have the Word and the Spirit, you're going to grow up. Amen. So let's grow up. Let's become mature. Let's embrace the Word and the Spirit. So I want to, if you want to position this message in, in the fivefold ministry, I'm focusing on the teaching flow or the teaching culture of the fivefold ministry. Okay. So the Word of God leads to freedom. And you'll see there on our DNA boxes over there, it says DNA. The D stands for divine presence. But I believe it also stands for divine truth. Because you need divine truth if you want to be led into the divine presence. Because without divine truth, you will be led into the devil's presence. And you won't even know it. You'll be deceived. Deception. Okay, so there's this classic book by Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And he speaks about how warfare operates. It's an old Chinese book from like 500 BC. I want to give you a few statements from that book so you can understand how warfare works. And he says, warfare is the way of deception. And then he gives a few tips how to do it. He says, if far appear near. It's deep. Which is classic. It's like the enemy, that is how the devil operates, how, how evil operates. He wants to release fear. So you might be in your house and you might be feeling like there's a burglar, there's a burglar. Someone's going to break into the house, but there's no one. Fear. There's no one there. But you are afraid. That's deception. That's how the enemy operates. And if near appear far. Complacency. Hey guys, East London Holiday Resort. This is a lacquer town, beach resort. This, we're not in a war situation. No one's dying. You know, this is just, hey, let's chill. Let's have fun. Let's not focus. Everything's fine. That's how the enemy comes. Everything's fine. You know, just be complacent. So if near, appear far. If they have advantage, entice them. Good classic story out of the Old Testament, Balak wanted to curse Israel. And so he got Balaam to curse Israel. But Balaam couldn't curse Israel. Every time he got, he got onto the mountain and he slaughtered his oxen and things, and then he wanted to curse Israel, and then he just spoke blessing. He couldn't, they couldn't curse the people of God. And so they made a plan. They got Moabite harlots to go and seduce the Israelites. So they got them into sin. 24,000 people died because of the curse that came upon the Israelite people because of them living in sin or committing sin. So that's how the enemy works. If He, he, he cannot curse you, so he's going to tempt you, entice you. Hey, come on, get, let, get into sin, disobey God, and then he comes for you. If they are confused, take them. Enemy loves to bring confusion. Every believer running his own direction. We don't know if we're coming or going. Then he comes, messes around. If they are angry, disturb them. I've been speaking about this. The enemy wants to provoke us. So he puts piles on the pressure, piles on the pressure, piles on the pressure to provoke you to act like an idiot. And then everybody says, ah, knew it. You are an idiot. You're acting like an idiot. So the enemy provokes 
then if they are humble, make them haughty, make them proud. Look at uh, Hitler, Napoleon, these guys. It was the pride in the end that killed them. They went too far. They did too much. They thought they were stronger than they were. So the enemy brings pride so that we think we are better or stronger than that we really are. If they are relaxed, toil them. So what often would happen, even Sonic and I experience at times, you know, we having a good weekend, having a good rest or a holiday, and then just after that, it's just like, it's like things come in the night, you know, and you just wake, shake, and you wake up, and you can't sleep again. It's like just the enemy, and there's the first night, and then the second night, and the third night, and you get more tired, and you get more tired, and then you are more open to temptation, and your head starts spinning. So the enemy works like that as well. He wants to get us He wants to toil us. You need to know that. If they are united, separate them. Divide and conquer. You've heard that. Next week, I want to touch on that. How the enemy divides and conquers. You see, the enemy doesn't play fair. But I have good news. Neither do we. What do I mean? God is on our side. That is so good news. We don't play fair because God is on our side. And if we position ourselves in a place where we are intimate with God, we, we pray, we spending time with God, then he actually warns us and shows us when the enemy is trying to get in. But the enemy guns for the weak areas. It's like if you have a house and you have covered 90% of your property with barbed wire and moats and crocodiles and the whole works. But if you have 10% that's just wide open, I mean, where's the enemy going to come in? The open area, you know? So you need to be aware of the, the weaknesses. That's where the enemy comes in. Okay. So there's a spirit war. There are things, as I've been sharing for the last while, there are demonic powers operating in the spirit realm. But it's not like, it doesn't stay in the spirit realm. It's not like, you know, you and me, just everything's just angels, things just happening. That, that, that battle, that warfare that's happening between heaven and hell, between God and the devil, you know, and it's not like they're equally powered. Eh? The devil is like he's an angel, fallen angel. God is God, creative heaven. No, there is not even a, a fight. But how the enemy operates is via deceit or deception. He twists truth. He, he releases ideas. The Bible speaks about the devil being the prince of the air. So like, you know, good news, he's the ruler over nothing. Prince of the air, you know. The real God reigns and rules. But the prince of the air in the sense of ideas, arguments, thoughts. Media, news, internet, thoughts being lies being distributed to confuse and to deceive and to lead astray. So that's how the enemy works. So this uh, classic quote from a guy called Joseph Goebbels, he was Hitler's propaganda man. And he said, a lie told once remains a lie, but a lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. I mean, Germany, the people of Germany were appalled in the end after the war. They couldn't believe that they were so confused, so deceived by Hitler and his henchmen. Fascinating story. Uh, Again, of how the church was corrupted 
and how the church didn't stand up for the truth. There were a sufficient number of Christians in Germany to make a stand, but they were deceived. The church backed away from the truth, and in the end, evil could take over. And this is exactly what they did. They told the same lies over and over and over again until everyone thought, well, that must be the truth then. Enemies doing the same in newspapers and internet, the same lies being pro- propagated over and over and over again. This is the answer. This is the solution. Anti-morality. There is no God, etc. These things are being proclaimed continuously. And your challenge and my challenge is to discern what is truth, what is not. Because, you know, that's our deception. Truth, deception has a bit of truth in it, but it's twisted. So, so, so look at this. Matthew 7. Uh, verses 15 to 16, and this highlights how the enemy works. So there's a spirit war, and then there's, there's strongholds in the spirit realm like falsities, lies. Then these lies are being released into this realm through people. So look at this, Matthew seven fifteen. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. They're like, hey, I'm a lamb, I'm a lamb, I'm a lamb, and I hear. No, I'm not. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves, and you will know them by their fruits. Okay? 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen to 15 also speaks about it. That previous verse speaks about you'll know them by their fruit, by the lifestyle, by the impact of their teachings, the impact of those ideas. And then 2 Corinthians 11 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And this speaks about the church world, people. Don't believe anybody that says he's a preacher. And don't believe anybody just because they are successful or have a big church. You need to look at the teaching and you need to look at the lifestyle to determine is this truly a man or a woman of God. And it says, and no wonder, this word connects, no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is of no, no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So what I'm trying to say is, spirit war, ideas, thoughts in the general world out there, and then even in the church, the enemy is trying to propagate falsities, deceptions, false doctrines to trick people. So you and I need to actually be aware, you need to know the word of God to be able to know, hey, what's, what, what's being taught? Where's the cross in what they are preaching? Where's sin in what they are teaching? Is there repentance? Is, there, uh, uh, is, is, the, is the preacher expecting people to turn from their sins or not? Because maybe then it's not the real gospel. If people are preaching a success gospel, is that the real gospel? That's what I've been battling over the last, last month that I've been sharing about, I feel, and I've been wrestling with, I feel that the church in the Western world has been seduced to compromise. Seduced to preach a gospel of success. Seduced to promote, to succumb to popularity and not to stand on the word of truth. So let me play it out for you. I believe there are many preachers, and I believe the same temptation is for me or for anybody else, is that you want to be successful, you want your church to grow, and you don't want to share things that will offend people, and you don't want to preach stuff that will will really freak people out. Because, hey, you want the church to grow. You want 
the church to be full. You want to, to be successful. And so this is the temptation that comes for every believer, even in your own environment. You, you, you don't want to be unpopular. So you don't want to tell someone like that verse. That's going to make them uncomfortable, you know, and you don't want to offend them. But if it's the truth, shouldn't we be saying it? If it's the truth, shouldn't we be declaring it? And so I've been wrestling through this just in my own heart over the last month. I've been saying, Lord, I lay down success from a human perspective. I want to be successful in heaven. I lay down succumbing to that seduction of wanting to please people, wanting to be popular. That's why politicians cannot be trusted. I'm sorry to say. Say amen. Amen. Do not trust a politician. Because he knows if he, he can't say stuff that's going to make people upset because they're not going to vote for him. So we, so we need to be aware that the, the rules of the game pushes truth in a certain direction. I want the people to be happy. So I'm going to tell them what they want to hear, but I have a scheme. That's what politicians do. Now, the temptation is for Christians also to be seduced to only say that which is nice and comfortable and, and, and not going to offend people. And I believe God is at this very moment calling you and me back to the Word of God, back to the truth, the uncomfortable, raw Word of God, just real. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. And if Jesus said it, I'm going to say it. Amen. Otherwise, we, the church will not be the blessing to our society that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the salt that releases life, that preserves. If 80% of our country is Christian, then Jesus help us. Because that's what they say, 80% Christian. But I tell you, the church has been seduced. The church has been corrupted. The church has become lukewarm. And God help us if that's us as well. We need, to make the, we need to make some shifts. And so I'm, I'm saying that I am committing myself before God to preach a message that is uncomfortable, but it will be from the Word of God. You know, that you wrestle with these things. There are consequences these days, eh? Consequences. I'm reading about the Christians under communism and how they were tortured for their faith. And I'm looking at the Western world and like we are afraid to, to offend somebody. But it's God's Word. You know, so I am super convicted to say, no, if they can die for their faith, goodness gracious, then I can't take some bit of being unpopular for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to, because this in the end, as I said, divine truth leads us into the divine presence. If we lack the divine truth, we will be led into the devil's presence and we won't even know it. Angel of light. Mormonism. How did Mormonism start? It was an angel called Moroni. That's a very weird name for an angel. In any case, actually, Moroni. No, ha, ha. Go away. But <laughs> that's dumb. That's dumb. But anyway, so, so Mormonism was when an angel appeared. I believe the guy, I believe there was an angel, but it was an angel of light, a false angel, a, a evil angel coming, masquerading as truth. And then this angel revealed that there are some truths that are above the word of God. There's another book that is above the word of God. Now that is deception. You know, and so if you and I don't know the truth that's found in God's word, 
we'll find ourselves deceived. Because you're going to hear stuff. You're going to have visions. You're going to have dreams. You're going to have prophecies. Well, God told me. God told me. Well, if it's contrary to the word of God, it's not God. But you need to know the word of God. You know, I've been reading this book by um, Michael Brown called Playing with Holy Fire. It's uh, basically a, 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 a book written to the charismatic Pentecostal church world. And he's, he himself is a charismatic, so he believes in the gifts of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, all of that. He's an awesome man of God. But he's bringing correction, and he asked this question, why does it seem that charismatics are so easily duped? Why do we embrace such horrible, weird, freaky stuff? You know, like doom prophet, you know. I mean, how stupid can you be? But, you know, and, and he sort of re- reveals one of the reasons that the more conservative or less Holy Spirit-focused spirit churches that are less tend to be deceived is because they, they're a little bit less, like, they, they don't necessarily believe in miracles. So, like, no, I'm not going to just go for anything. But hey, with the rest of us, we actually believe the Bible. We believe that, you know, donkeys speak, as with Balaam. You know, we believe that God heals people. We believe in angels. We believe in miracles. We believe... Awesome things can happen, and that actually sets us up to be duped by charlatans. People who preach a false gospel and a distorted gospel that mess around. And so we need to get back to the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Who wants to be deceived? Uh, No. No. Don't want to be deceived. Okay? So we need to get back to the Word of God. And I'm also challenged with this that, you know, I don't like to judge others or criticize churches or preachers, you know, but I'm confronted with this fact that the Word of God says we need to discern what is of God and what is not of God, and maybe we actually need to sometimes say, ah, that's not of God. Yeah, not, no, no, you know, so I don't know, maybe I'll in the future get more clear on things and just say it for all of our sakes, but I I want to encourage us, there's freedom in the Word of God, amen. Amen. You need to know the Word of God so that you will not be duped. And I don't want to preach a success gospel. Yes, when you follow Jesus, you're going to get blessed. He's going to give you peace. He's going to give you joy. He's going to heal your marriage. He's going to give you a sense of purpose and destiny. I mean, it is awesome to know God. But that's not what it's about. It is about His glory. It is about obedience to Him. It is about telling the whole world who he is and what he has done for us. It is but seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so I want to take you a practical example of an angel of light. And so yesterday is the 200th year celebration, anniversary of the birth of Karl Marx. You know who Karl Marx is? He was born in 1818. He's uh, the, the philosopher that started the, uh, basically Marxism, which led to Marxism-Leninism, which led to communism. So he's the father of communism. And so I was reading about in China, who is a communist nation, they, they've been saying um, they celebrated massively this past week Marxism. And he said <clears throat> he's the greatest, some says he, say he's the greatest thinker in human history. Uh, the Chinese president said uh, in this week, 
about Marxism that they, Marx was right. That's what he was saying. And they said it's a powerful ideological weapon for us to understand the world, grasp the law, seek the truth, and change the world. Okay? So Chinese president saying a powerful, now you need to follow me, powerful ideological weapon to understand the world, seek the truth, and change the world. Can you switch on your brains now for a moment? Just give me a sec that I, I, I explain where I'm going with this. So this is the same communist China that burns down churches and persecutes millions of Christians. They're saying, this is how we want to change the world with Marxism. Marx is considered by many to be the greatest social, political, and economic philosopher of all time. Of all time. Yet, under his teachings, more than 100 million people were murdered through starvation and torture and otherwise in communist nations. And he also says that all application of his theories have ended in failure and the deaths and torture of multitudes. Okay, so let's look quickly. I want to explain to you, this is an extreme example to give you a practical idea of how a false idea can lead to destruction. Okay, so you need to switch on your brain for a moment. Give me 10 minutes, okay? Switch on your brain. Right. Okay, so a quote here from Karl Marx. Look at this. The proletarians. He said, the proletarians, that's the working class, have nothing to lose but their chains. Doesn't that sound wonderful? That's like, yes. He, 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 he presents, he's, Theories are presented as, it's for the people. Freedom to the people. Come on, the poor will no longer be poor. We just need one revolution where we kill half of the people. And then we're going to have communism and everybody's going to be happy. That's sort of what he says. That's the layman's terms. (laughs) So he's proclaiming freedom revolution. Now there's this book called Marx and Satan. I'm going to explain to you. So the guy, Richard Wurmbrand, he he wrote this book, and this is sort of introduction of the book. He says, Marx began life in a God-fearing family. It is documented that he was once a Christian, but a drastic change at some point in his life led Karl Marx to a deep personal rebellion against God and all Christian values. Eventually, he became, now this is his thesis, what he's saying in the book, a Satan worshiper who regularly participated in occult practice and habit. I know it sounds crazy. Give me a sec. By examining Mark's poetry, plays, correspondence, and biographical accounts, Richard Wurmbrand builds a convincing case for Marx's undeniable satanic preference. Marx's own statements expose him as a hater of God, and therefore a hater of God's creatures, those who have suffered under Marxism communism. Wormbrand, who was in prison for 14 years in Europe for his outspoken views against communism, urges Christians not to be duped by Marxism, benevolent disguise as a mere political or economic theory. He reveals the true root of Marxist thinking so that Christians will recognize the evil therein and stand against it. Hallelujah. Sounds crazy, yeah? Look at this. Let's look at, because I want to show you, you need to look at someone's teachings and you need to look at their lifestyle if you want to determine if they are of God or not, okay? This is an extreme example. I'm not saying all ideas and ideologies come from people who are occultists. I just want to explain to you. Okay, so Mark's motivation, his own words, he said, now he's supposed to be an atheist. He says, I wish to avenge myself against the one who rules above. I wish to avenge myself against the one 
who rules above. Excuse me? I thought you are an atheist, sir. What's going on here? Then they, in, they had an interview. One of his followers had an interview with a lady that uh, looked after him just before his death. So she was like a caretaker of Karl Marx. And he was in, interviewing her. And then she said to him, he was a very religious man. Huh? He prayed every day. He had a whole lot of candles in front of him. And then he would pray. Interesting. His own son, in a letter, wrote to him calling his dad, Dear Devil. Weird. His own wife called him in a letter, High Priest and Shepherd of the Flock. The only religion in Europe at that time, there was an explosion of occult activity in Germany in the middle 1800s. And the only religion with a high priest was Satanism. Interesting. Look at this. Now, let's say you are an occultist or a Satanist. Then he says, the idea of God is the keynote of a perverted civilization. It must be destroyed. Huh? The idea of God is the keynote of a perverted civilization. It must be destroyed. This is the ideology, Marxist ideology, that many of our Western people are still embracing. It's very, very popular. Very, very popular. He said another thing. He said, I desire to descend to the pit of hell and take all of humanity with me. It's also said of him, he desired, because part of communism is the, the theory that if you want to move from uh, capitalism, which is evil, according to them, you need a revolution to get to utopia. But his actual heart, as I say, in his writings, you pick up, he wasn't into one revolution. He wanted a continuous revolution. He desired not just one revolution, but continuous revolution and destruction of mankind to avenge himself on God. Bolshevik, the Bolshevik Lenin, the first Russian uh, emperor or, or, or president, he said, uh, which he, he is a Marxist, he believed in Marxist teachings, Marxist teachings. He said, if killing 90% of the population for the sake of the promotion of communism, then it's worth it. Killing 90% of the people. Another guy that uh, Karl Marx, he, he, he praised them, communist Florence. And this guy said, our enemy is God. Hatred of God is the beginning of wisdom. Does that connect with any scripture? <laughs> The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. These people have no fear of God because of their ideology, a false doctrine, demonic doctrine, demonic teaching, demonic ideas that they have embraced and, uh, and duped many people. Look at this. Now his personal life. He was a failure as a father and as a husband. He didn't want to work a day in his life, so his family was greatly poor. Three of his seven children died of malnourishment simply because he didn't want to work. He could have, but he didn't want to work. Two of his daughters committed suicide along with their husbands. The one backed out at the last moment. The one husband backed out at the last moment after his wife committed suicide. His relationship with his wife was terrible. She left him twice, returned each time. He did not even attend her funeral. Now, come on, tell me, how can this guy be the Messiah? The one with for the, the answer of life, utopia, freedom. Yeah, how many people still believe this rubbish? His rubbish. Promoting that rubbish. 
You see, but we are not even aware. As Christians, we should be able to look at every ideology, every idea, every thought, filter it through God's word and determine, is it true or not? Is it true or not? You know? So I want to challenge us. Ideas are powerful. They start in the spirit realm. They are released to deceitful workers, men or women, who embrace those thoughts and they run with them. And it's your responsibility, my responsibility, to evaluate every word and their lifestyle. Hey, do you love your wife? Do you love your kids? Come on, preacher man. Are you the real deal? Or are you fake? You need to ask those questions. You need to ask those questions because you cannot trust someone who's not living the word itself if it's not working in their lives. There's so many uh, stories of psychologists with wrote wrote books about marriage or children or family or parenting, and this is and it's like millions and millions of copies, and then people can look at their own lives and it's a mess. So, sir, how you want to <laughs> promote these things but your life is a mess? Okay. So, anyway, so you see that those two things. You need to look at the teaching and you need to look at the lifestyle. Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There is a way. It seems right. It's everybody say all the movies say it. Come on, just sleep around, have fun. Same message as being propagated. If we fall for that. We find ourselves in trouble. But there is freedom in God's word. Amen. Come on, let's say it. There's freedom in God's word. Amen. Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The real truth, not the poison masquerading as the truth. No, the real deal. So look at this. The Lord gives us mighty weapons. Just some practical things quickly. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 5. It says we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. Come on, say mighty weapons. So what that means is we are not victims of ideas or ideologies. We have been given weapons to do what? It says they to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So I want to highlight three weapons there. You see, as I said, the war, it's a spirit war. So you can't just come against an argument that's false in the natural realm. You need to start in the spirit realm. So warfare prayer. That's where you need to start. If we want to pray for our country, if we want to pray for our leaders, if we want to pray for the ideologies, the false ideologies being promoted in our land, fear will not help. Paranoia will not help. But prayer will. So it starts by fighting this in the spirit. Warfare prayer, as it says there in that verse, if you go to that verse again, it says we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. So there's like a stronghold. There's like this fortress built in the spirit realm. It's this lie. Let's call it for a moment, whatever it might be. Let's call it Marxism. It's the fortress. This is the utopia. This is the solution. It's a spiritual reality. And now it's coming through to the, this reality, to human reality. So you first need to fight there. 
through prayer, okay? So the first one is prayer. The second one, you need to cancel the lies in the spirit. How? By proclaiming the truth. Okay, so it says there, knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. That's the second one. How do you do that? And false arguments. You need to speak the truth. You need to proclaim the truth. You need to know the truth so that you can educate and help others with the truth. Oh, there's so many, oh, there's so many examples of this. For instance, I mean, with Vian, our son, every day, I mean, he spoke to me yesterday. In school, every week, most weeks, the teachers read from the textbooks, and then it speaks about the millions and the millions of years. Millions and millions of years. And now, my son, we have taught him the Bible, the Word of God, okay? So I know evolution is a theory that says this is where we come from, and so we all as animals, and we, your great, great, great ancestor was a monkey, and that means there's no morality. You can just do what you want to do, live how you want to live. That's being promoted continuously. Okay, I don't have time to explain everything to you, but it's also a false theory. There are no scientific evidence of monkeys becoming people. Who was there 10 billion years ago or 5 million years? No one. They, are, they, are, they, are, they have a belief system. It's a belief system that there is no God and everything is natural. It's a belief system of everything's natural. There is no spiritual, there is no supernatural, and that belief system is interpreting the way they look at life. So you go to the, like the Grand Canyon, and you see a massive canyon, little river, you think millions of years, because there is no God, there's millions. Christian comes there and thinking, wow, so massive flood a few thousand years ago, ripped that place open. Now that's powerful. So, so it's worldviews clashing. Parents, are you equipped to train your children? Are you equipped to teach your children how to see between something that is contrary to Scripture and something that is the truth? So you need to equip yourself. Okay, so, so the second weapon is the Word of God, the truth. You need to know God's Word, and you need to let it influence your way of thinking and living. And then thirdly, you need to start obeying the word of God for yourself. There's this uh, thing, uh, I think it was Augustine or someone said, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. So you say, you know, you just need to live it. I want to say, no, that's rubbish. You need to speak it. You need to share it. You need to know how to articulate the truth of God's word and share it with others. Okay, so Romans 16, ending off with this. The good news. Romans 16, 19. It says, for your obedience has become known to all. So Paul is writing to the Romans, Roman church. And he starts over saying, guys, your obedience has become known to all. Come on, say obedience. Obedience. He's saying, guys, everybody's hearing about your obedience. You are living the word of God. And, and everybody's talking about it. It is phenomenal. And he says, therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But then he says, I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 
the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Okay, so imagine I shared this a few weeks ago. I said about the devil's going to come and knock on your door. He's going to come. And then are we going to say what Jesus said? The, the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. There's no access. He's got nothing in me. Enemy can't do anything. So I want to say it like this. The enemy is coming to knock on our doors with ideologies, with falsities, with whatever that is not of the word of God to, to trap us. But actually it's a trap for him. So you can get nice and close so you can crush him under your feet. Amen. So the enemy wants, so, 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 so the enemy's coming, but it's actually a setup. Even like with the cross of Christ, the devil was thinking, I have Jesus now. I have him whipped and I have him on the cross and he's dying, yes. And actually Jesus is like, no, I have you, Boyke. I have you. I am taking you down. I'm taking down sin. I'm taking down darkness. I'm taking down all evil. I've got you just where I want. And I believe God wants us to live in that same confidence. It doesn't matter what comes against us. We have God with us. We have God in us. So I can respond with the truth. I can respond with obedience. I can respond with love and kindness and goodness. I am not falling for the traps of the enemy. Come on. So it says that just that last bit there, or the first bit, it says, but how are you going to overcome? Be wise in what is good. You need to know the word of God. You need to know what is good, and you need to know how to do good. Know good and how to do good, okay? And then it says, be innocent or simple concerning evil. What does that mean? That means we should know the schemes of the enemy, but we should not be seduced to study Everything. You don't need to know everything about the occult or about Satanism or about Marxism or, or whatever else. You don't need to know everything. You need to know maybe a few things. But I believe this is one of the areas where the enemy tricks us. He comes and he seduces us to get more intrigued in the things of darkness than we are intrigued or in love or passionate about the things of God and the Word of God. Amen. So I'm saying is we need a love for God's Word like never before. Are you reading it? Are you studying it? Freedom is found in the Word of God. Divine truth leads us into the divine presence. And we are after Jesus. We want all of Him. Without the divine truth, you will be led into deception. And there's a large part of, this, of the body of Christ that are horribly, horribly deceived. So it's time for us to crush the enemy under our feet. The God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. But you need to know his word. Amen. So I am so stirred. It's like, I just want to get into the word. I just want to get into the word. I just want to study the word. I just want to pray the word. I just want to proclaim his word. Because I know you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Come on, let's be set free and let's set others free. Let me just go another place as well. One of the big issues in our, of our times, it's a challenging area. It's the area of homosexuality. The official political stance is they are, people like that are born that way. There's no scientific evidence that people are born gay. Stats show most lesbians were molested. 
It's not it's all so clear cut with the men, but normally it's like at the age of three, four, five, and later, there are things and stuff that happens that influences him to develop same-sex attraction. Okay? The Bible says clearly, such were some of you. And they label a whole lot of sins. One of it is homosexuality. And you and I need to decide, are we going to follow man's truth or are we going to follow God's truth? Amen? We need to get clear in our hearts and minds about, I can't help somebody if... They actually now, in California, they are bringing through laws that says if you try to help someone with a same-sex attraction, you will go to jail. They're trying to bring that through, a law, that it will be illegal. Someone that has an unwanted same-sex attraction, you, and they come to the pastor, hey, help me, I don't want this, I'm, I'm a boy, I want to like girls, I'm, I'm liking boys for some reason, I was molested when I was younger, please help me. They are bringing through laws to make it illegal to help someone with an unwanted same-sex attraction. And so the church is under pressure to be quiet, to not say the truth. We love people, homosexuality is not the biggest sin in the world, it's like you know, greed is a sin, lust is a sin, envy is a sin. We are all sinners that needs the life of Christ to set us free. Amen. Imagine telling an alcoholic who comes to the guy for help, no, sorry, man, it's illegal for us to help you. It's illegal. No, the church is here to help people who are bound by whatever stuff it might be. And this is our challenge and your challenge to embrace the truth with all your heart and to share it. In a loving way, kind way, gracious way. But we need, we are the salt of the earth. Come on, I want to give you license to start equipping yourself and to share with others the truth. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.